Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, 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 guys. It's another Sunday night. It is your host of the Brain Love Podcast, Dr. Delvina Thomas. Here in South Florida, every Sunday night at 8 p.m., I post a new episode of anything related to the brain. And there are so many topics related to the brain, man. Last Sunday, I talked about gratitude and how gratitude can really enhance your sex life, your relationship. We know that Thanksgiving was this past Thursday. Um, Let's see, National Indigenous Day as well. Um, Some folks, including myself, call it Gratitude Day. So if you didn't hear me last Sunday, happy belated Gratitude Day. You know, I'm wishing that everyone had the best day of thanks. I like that, day of thanks. Let's be thankful for what we have, thankful for... Waking up each day, giving, being given the opportunity to make a change in someone else's life, to give to someone else. Let's not think about the things that we can take for ourselves, but let's think about what we can do for other people. And that's really the essence of life, right? What can you do for others? That makes me think about Janet Jackson. What have you done for me lately? Hmm. Ooh, yeah. Ha ha ha. So anyhow, if you haven't done anything for someone else lately, think about it. And if you're someone that's always running your mouth, talking loud, trying to be heard, not stopping to listen to other people, I want you to stop the madness. You know, over the holiday break, I had time to spend time with friends and family and, you know, friends, family. And um, I'm very discerning. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm discerning. I think I was born with a natural gift. Um, And then that gift was enhanced when I was baptized in high school and filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And some of you are going to say, what is she talking about? But unless you've gone through the experience, you don't know. So I was already born with the spirit of discernment, and that was enhanced later in my life when I turned my life over to Christ. No, I'm not super religious, but um, I know better. So tonight I'm going to continue this discussion about gratitude. Do you know who Kendrick Norton, who this man is? Kendrick Norton, I want you to... Take a listen to this episode tonight and you'll learn who Kendrick Norton is. And if you still don't know, please go to my YouTube channel, Dr. Dr. Delvina Thomas, D-E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A, Thomas spelled the slave way, T-H-O-M-A-S. And you'll see a special that I did with Kendrick Norton. This is the young man who, pardon me, played for UM, University of Miami, He initially was drafted by the Carolina Panthers, pardon, but he made his way to the Dolphins. And in his first year, at the beginning of his first year of playing with the Dolphins, he had an unfortunate motor vehicle crash that left him as an amputee. He lost one of his arms in that crash. During the crash, the rollover, 
somehow he crushed his arm and he severed his his arm. Now, when I first heard this story, the news reported that to get him out of his truck, they had to amputate his arm. But Kendrick corrected that during this interview with me and said, no, I actually lost my arm during the rollover. They didn't have to amputate my arm. And he is the most pleasant, blessed, grateful individual I've ever met. He's not thinking thinking about the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, what shoulda been, what he's not looking at hindsight. He's thinking about, he's been thinking about his life and moving forward and having gratitude for the life that he has had, including that crash. And he's grateful that things didn't turn out another way. He has turned his life around and he's doing other things. He has a nonprofit. He has a real estate business now. He's in the business of real estate. And so I think you should listen to the story. I really think you should listen to this. Check it out. If you want to see the visual, go to my YouTube channel. Again, Dr. Delvina Thomas and and watch the interview. But if you are okay with just the audio, then check in right now. If you haven't already subscribed to my podcast, please. I'm on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google, Apple Podcast, on Anchor. I make my podcast on Anchor by Spotify. Anchor and Spotify have a little bit of a collaboration. So check me out. Shout out to all the people who are subscribed and following my podcast. I appreciate you guys. There are some folks who have monthly subscriptions. Gratitude to you, not just on the holiday, but every day of the week, every day of the month, every day of the year. I am grateful for you and your interest. Please share this podcast with family members. Spread the word, please, so folks know about the Brain Love Podcast. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Now, join me on the couch with Mr. Kendrick Norton, man. On 4th of July 2019, Kendrick Norton was driving and tried to exit onto another highway. His truck slammed into a concrete barrier. As it flipped through the air, the force of the tumble crushed Norton's left arm and tore it off midway between his elbow and his shoulder. Hey, 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 guys. It's Dr. Delvina, board-certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Before I continue, shout out to Mess in the Bottle. Hey, Mess in the Bottle is out of Baltimore, Maryland. You guys know Maryland is my hometown, and I was in Baltimore for about 12 years. So anyway, I digress. Tonight, I have a very special Therapy Thursday. I'm joined on the couch by Kendrick Norton. He was drafted by the Carolina Panthers in 2018 and was later picked up by the Miami Dolphins to play defensive linemen. Tonight, he joins me on the couch as we go back in time. I'm talking about PTSD tonight, post-traumatic stress disorder, but that's not necessarily what Kendrick Norton is talking about. What Mr. Norton is discussing is resilience, perseverance, remaining motivated against all odds, and knowing that there is a special place and a special role for everyone here on earth, even when your life changes and takes another trajectory. So please join us as we discuss his traumatic event. Some of you may have heard about this. This was on July 4th, two years ago, July 4th, 2019. This could happen to any of us. A vehicle accident is late at night. It could kill you, but at the same time, 
something could happen that changes your life trajectory, that makes you a stronger person, stronger than you once were, stronger than what you saw amongst your family, what your family members created for you, the environment that was created by your family. But you see yourself rise above that and just become this motivating person that is able to enhance the lives of so many other people and inspire so many other people. And that's why this video this interview is important for everyone to see because as you'll hear Mr. Norton say, you don't have to stay stuck in your situation. You have a choice. You can make a choice in so many situations to be happy. And if you need to, to make that choice, you may have to bring some other people into your community, onto your team, no pun intended, to help you get over or to become unstuck. So join us on the couch, guys. Kendrick Norton grew up in Jacksonville and has lived nearly his entire life in Florida. He didn't start playing football until he was in middle school. In high school, he was an Under Armour All-American at Trinity Christian Academy. He played both guard and defensive tackle and earned All-American recognition as a senior, picking the Miami Hurricanes on National Signing Day in 2015. He was an all-conference defensive tackle for the Canes. He played three seasons and earned 13 All-Atlantic Coast Conference honors as a sophomore and helped the Canes reach the Orange Bowl as a junior. He then headed to the NFL. Kendrick, can I call you Kendrick or do I have to say Mr. Norton? Oh, no, you call me Kendrick. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. It's been over, I want to say it's been like two years since I've been trying to get you on my couch. Because I reached out to you, um, had to be like in 2019, I believe, 2020, mm -hmm. more like 2020 before COVID, well before COVID happened. And I wanted to talk to you and interview you about your, your accident. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. People learn more about the brain, our behaviors, our emotions, and how we behave or how we respond in a certain or a particular situation based on the information that people share. And this is why I like asking people to join me on the couch. I ask you to take the couch so we can talk because people learn from other people's experiences. Uh, and the fact that you're willing to talk to us and just be open about your experiences, what I appreciate the most. Oh, no problem. I know it helps a lot of people um, hearing, hearing it from my mouth, you know, hearing how I adapted and, you know, overcame and, you know, that motivates a lot of people. So I don't mind, you know, sharing my story. Okay. Is it okay if I ask you the hard questions? Yeah, that's awesome. fine. All I'm right. comfortable. So, take me to back to that night. What what month and year was that? Um, it was July fourth, um, early in the morning, twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know, I still remember what I was doing when I got the pop up on my phone that that accident had occurred. I was at Rockles Tacos. It was on the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. And um, I was with my friend and his son, and I said, oh my God, the most tragic thing has happened. You guys know who Kendrick Norton is? And they were like, yeah, yeah. And I read to them what was what popped up on the phone, that you had been in a, a car accident and that you, you lost your arm. Mm -hmm. That to get you out of your vehicle, they had to amputate your, your arm. Well, that part wasn't true. Um, it was already amputated when they got there. Um, it was amputated from the rolling of the vehicle, so when they got there, it was already... Got uh, it. Yeah. Okay. So, see, this is helpful, mm -hmm. but that still doesn't make it any less traumatic mm -hmm. for that to for that to have occurred. Do you remember that night? 
Uh, yes, I do. Um, like you vividly remember, or you just sort of kinda? No, I vividly, pretty, I, I pretty vividly remember what was going on. I was, uh, I was up and coherent and talking and stuff the whole, pretty much the whole time until I got to the hospital. So, I was pretty up. So, when your truck came off the road, you, mm -hmm. you remember that? Yes. Um, we were driving. I was get, I was merging lanes and I was running out of space. At my, um, and I was trying to get over and someone wasn't. I guess they were they were speeding really fast and they weren't trying to let me get over. Mm -hmm. And I was running out of space to where like I had to. I was going to have like a head-on collision with the concrete slab. So I had to start. You know, I started merging over. You know, hoping they would slow down, but they obviously didn't. And then, you know, they went under my truck and then it caused me to lose control and I started flipping. They went under your truck? Yeah, because I had a F-250 and it was on like f almost 40 inch wheels and it was lifted like six, seven inches in the air. So I was like already high in the air, so it was easy for me, yeah. Do you know what happened to that other vehicle? The um, they were, they were totally, they didn't get injured or anything. They, um, they were fine. So looking back on that, you remember your truck Tossing and turning and flipping in the air. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. We we went through all that, the flipping and stuff, and then how I noticed that my arm was off is we were trying to get out of the vehicle, and um, I went to do like a push up to lift myself up from off the ground or whatever, and I fell over to my left side, and I looked down and realized it was gone or whatever. So um, I proceeded to kick the window out and got me and my passenger out of the car. And um, we got out, and I was walking around or whatever. And then um, they got me to sit down and sit down and basically calm me down and wait for the ambulance. So I was just sitting down, calm, you know, trying to I was trying to keep my passenger and everyone else calm, you know, during the situation because they were. You, you know, mean everyone that was on the scene? You were trying yeah, to keep calm. Yeah, because they were doing all that yelling. You know, that doesn't help the situation with everybody. Yeah. Ah. So I was like, you know, everybody take it easy. We're gonna wait on the ambulance. You know, it's not gonna help them get here no faster. Everybody stay cool, I'm okay, you know, just yeah. trying to keep everybody cool. So were they screaming and upset because they realized that you had, your arm had been amputated? Yeah, you know, it was just panic because it's a lot of blood, it's a lot of, you know, it's a, just a lot going on, it's an accident, you know, it's, it's just a lot going on, so everybody's all, you know, they're frantic, they're worked up and stuff, but, you know, I know that's not going to help, you know, the situation, so I'm just, you know, trying to keep everybody cool, calm, mm. you know, just try to, you know, wait in the ambulance, basically. I am so impressed by you. Um, I mean, I'm very impressed. Thank the you. fact that you could talk about it and be calm about it, but yet also during the actual accident to exude calmness, mm -hmm. tranquility, and, and peace. Are you usually a peaceful, calm person? Uh, I'm usually pretty calm until I'm not. You know, um, so I try to keep, you know, calm because it never helps, you know, when you're riled up or anything. So if it's something I can't control, mm -hmm. I try to, you know, keep calm or something about it. But if I messed up, that's probably when I'll get worked up because I know it's my fault. Someone that fought for it. I'd like to ask you what you were thinking when you were waiting for the ambulance. You realized that a piece of your left arm was missing. Mm -hmm. Were you thinking... What if I can't play ball anymore? Were you thinking I'm happy to be alive? Um, more I was just thinking, I was like, what's taking them so long? Like, you know, I'm just, I'm waiting on them. So I'm counting off, you know, time in my head. So I'm just like, 
all right, it's been about, you know, five, six minutes, like, where are they at, you know, and I was just, that, that's really what I was thinking about, I was just trying to hurry up and get in the ambulance, because I knew I was bleeding a lot, I wasn't really worried about football or anything like that, I said like a little, I said a quick prayer, you know, um, like, you know, forgive me for my sins or anything like that, if I had, you know, if I had parents or whatever, but other than that, I was pretty much worried about getting in the ambulance, I was trying to just stay calm until they got there. So you, in the moment, were prepping yourself to perish, you just said. Mm-hmm. Just in case. You know, because I know I was bleeding. I could feel, you know, all the blood. They were taking a long time. So, you know, I just said, you know, forgive me for my sins, you know, or whatever. And then I was just basically chilling until the ambulance got there. And then once they got there, you know, they were, you know, with the prepping me and getting me in the van and everything. So. Yeah. So I read somewhere that... They placed tourniquets on your arm yes. to prevent you from bleeding to yeah. death. Yeah, the people at um at the site they helped me a lot. Um, just a lot of the people that were in traffic. I know someone got used their belts and stuff to uh, help you know help block off the blood from my arm because I was losing a lot. So um, yeah, they helped me, and I was losing a lot of blood from my head. But I'm not. I don't think we could do anything like that. But, but they, yes, they put a lot of tourniquets on my arm. They had it wrapped up with someone's shirt or something like that. I think someone even took off their shoes to give it to my passenger because there was a um, missing one. So, you know, it was... Uh, the people at the site helped a lot. They did. They're, they're one of the um, main reasons I'm here because, you know, the tourniquets and everything um, were a reason I'm alive. So once you... You said you were awake, you were conscious, and mm-hmm. once you arrived at the hospital, did you lose consciousness at that point? Had you lost so much yes. blood? Yes. I, um, I, I lost consciousness right um, at the hospital. And... Um, the next time I woke up was in surgery, and then the next time I woke up after that, it was, you know, with everyone in the room, and I think they put me in a coma for like two or three days, and then uh, and they woke me up or whatever, so. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So tell us about being in that comatose state. Do you re- do you recall anything? Sometimes people say that they can hear people talking and stuff. Right? Yeah. No, I did. I don't remember. I just woke up and everyone was around me. And, and more than that, some people say that they were visited by God or Jesus or that mm-hmm. they saw an image that um, that they perceived to be God and, and that right. they had, you know, a, a divine conversation. Right. Did any of that happen? No. It felt like I just woke up in surgery. And then the next time I woke up, it was just like in a room. That's all I remember uh, from that situation. I don't remember anything of that nature. Do you recall what was your first thought what came to mind first when you when you woke up? Um, at first, um, I was just you know happy to see all my family and stuff in the room, and then um, I came to you know realize what was going on, and then it was like a you know a small you know period of anger, um, because of the situation. I would say like a couple minutes or so, you know, basically. And then uh, my grandmother said, uh, you know, you should, you know, it's, you know, it's a blessing that you're alive. And then that kind of brought me back to reality on, you know, the, you know, the bigger picture that, you know, I could have, you know, died in the accident or, you know, I couldn't have, you know, not woke up from the coma or it could have, I could have been paralyzed, lost my legs, like it could have been worse. So at that point, you know, my attitude kind of changed and I started to basically, you know, um, look at it different, which um, looked at it as a whole thing as a blessing. You know, I'm still alive. I'm still able to do, you know, I didn't lose my dominant hand. You know, I just started taking all the positives out of it and just basically keeping everything rolling. Gotcha. So 
let's take a break for a quick second and we're going to jump back into the story and talking about what happened that night. That was the eve of 4th of July. That was 4th of July night about two years ago that this accident took place. So as you're listening, please drop comments. If you're an anchor, you can um, send me a voice record. If you're on Spotify, you can also send a message that way. Please, besides subscribing and encouraging other folks you know to subscribe, please give me a rating. If you don't want to do commentary, just give me some stars, man. And check out. Check it out. Here are the ways to follow me, okay? What's up, guys? So I just want to remind you about the ways you can follow me. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm Dr. Delvina at Dr. D as in Delta, E L V as in Victor, E N A. I no longer have a Dr. Delvina Twitter or a Dr. Delvina Facebook professional page. Both of those were unpublished. Um, I won't get into the details of that, but um, instead of following Dr. Delvina on Twitter, follow the office Twitter page, which is which is DRT. Brain Love, D-R-T, Brain Love, B-R-A-I-N-L-O-V-E, D-R-T as in Dr. T, D-R-T. And on Facebook, you can follow the Brain Love Podcast. And of course, if you are not following me on Instagram, follow me at Dr. Delvina. And my website is Dr. Delvina, Dr. Shorten, D-R, and then Delvina, D as in Delta, E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A dot Help, H-E-L-P, as in help me, help me, Dr. Delvina, and um, tell your friends, tell everybody about the Brain Love Podcast. Please subscribe, subscribe either on Pandora, on iHeartRadio, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. If you're on Anchor, subscribe on Anchor. Show me some love, y'all. Show me some love. That's right. Now back on the couch with former NFLer Kendrick Norton. The vehicle landed upside down. Norton realized his arm was gone when he tried to do a push-up to lift himself out of the truck. Where his left arm had been was instead a mess of tendons and bones, saving the arm and a chance at continuing his NFL career was secondary to just saving his life. He fought to stay awake through the ambulance ride to Jackson Hospital. That was two years ago. Wow, this is like two years, the anniversary. Yes, it was. My gosh. Thank you so much for doing this yeah, again. no problem. Do you ever dream about or have nightmares about what happened? No. I've never had a dream, I don't think, about the accident. Um, because really, I think once I, I took it as that, it kind of just left all the pro- all the bad of the accident. I never really kind of... It doesn't affect me. Like, people think I'm, you know, sad or I feel a certain type of way. Like, once like that was said, that's all basically I needed to hear because, you know, it was, it's the truth. You know, being upset, being sad, you know, being depressed or anything, none of that is going to help anything that I have going on. It's only going to, you know, make it worse or, you know, put me further behind. So it's like, you know, it's a waste of energy to, to be anything else but, you know, um, happy, you know, um, recognize my blessings you know so if it isn't is no really is nothing really else better to have, that I see or anything else that I should be doing than you know doing it the way I am so who taught you that true resilience I believe it was more of my stepfather um growing up because he used to always tell me um his famous quote was stop bitching you know no one cares 
um, can you do it or can you not? You know, he said that's the only thing you know the world can, um, cares about is if you can, you know, if you can do the job or if you can't. So you know, you always want to be a person that can do the job. You know, it's something you always told me, and um, basically, yeah, it's just you know, stop bitching. You know, it's, it's not going to help anything. Like you got to do it anyway. Most of the stuff that you're complaining about, you're going to do it or you have to do it anyway. So you might as well just go ahead and do it, get it over with. And then you do it right the first time, you won't have to do it again. So it's just a lot of, a lot of small things that I took heed to as a child that um, I applied them as a child, you know, even growing up. So it, I always knew that it worked. So it was easy for me to fall back on those things. Yep. Yeah. So you learned mental agility and um, yeah, being positive very early in your right. life. Right. Who taught you to make lemonade from limes or from lemons? Who taught you that? Um, basically, that whole situation. Your it's like also. it's like it's, it's no one no one cares about the bad situation. Fix it. Yeah. You know, it's you know it's not going to be the problem. Not going to be over with the pain. Not, nothing's going to be over with until it's fixed. Mm -hmm. So when you fix it, then you can you know sit back and you know think about how sad or how rough it was, and then keep moving. You know, so and take lessons from it. Right. right. So. So it sounds like you grew up in an environment where people, um, where mental wellness was important. You right. know, you guys may not have called it mental health and wellness or mental wellness, but it sounds like you saw your stepfather being resilient, dealing with problems, showing emotional prowess. You saw the same probably with your other family members like your mother, your grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, so, is it safe to say that that's the type of environment you were raised in? Yeah, I, w I, w I would say because we we never um, uh, they don't they don't really like to hear complaining, you know, because they 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 always they're very big on you know what you have is you know better than what someone else has, you know, so or it's better than what they had or you know someone. So it's always they always taught you to be grateful mm -hmm. for what your situation is. So yeah. basically, yes. Yeah, gratitude is essential. That's awesome. So, no nightmares, no dreams about the accident. Do you ever have flashbacks when you drive by that area? Yes. Now, I, I don't know the area. I, I don't. I still to this day don't know where the accident was. But I do. Um, at the beginning, I used to have flashbacks. Um, I used to have flashbacks when I drive. I used to get nervous or you know stuff when I drive. Um, or like you know when cars come too close or you know different little things like that. It took so it took a while to get over that. But even through then I was driving and stuff. But it took it took a while to get over that. I stop. You know yes when I drove I used to like see me you know flipping or something like that um, in the car that I was in. Not even from the accident, but just you know just foreseeing bad things that could happen on the road right. while I was driving. So I went through that for a little for a couple months or so. But um, yeah, I haven't really I haven't had that lately. Um, to say the least. Did you engage psychotherapy or do anything from a mental health standpoint to help prevent you from progressing, uh, developing worsened symptoms, or was it enough to just talk to family and friends? And not really, because it, it to me, common. I, I always grow from common sense. So it's like I know why this is happening. So it's like okay. I can calm myself down from that. So I'd be like, okay, I see it happen. I'll notice, you know, me getting riled up. I'd be like, okay, it's from the, you know, it's just, just, you know, visits from the accident. Take a deep breath, you know, focus on the road. You know, just talk, talk to yourself. You're just seeing stuff. You know, calm down. It's not real. You know, just talk to myself, you know, because basically the same stuff that, you know, I feel like someone else would tell me. But yeah. I just know 
I, I kind of know what's going on or, you know, I can tell myself a step outside of my body and tell myself, you know, calm down, you know, it's not, it's not what that is, you know, just relax and, you know, push through it. And then it always works. Do you still like football? Yeah, I still watch football. We still, um, that year I was going to the games and everything. That didn't really make me emotional. I was just, you know, happy to be out there. Um, the first couple times, I think, but it didn't really make me emotional. It was like, wow, um, I used to do that or something like that. You know, just going, uh, walking through practice or something like that. You know, I haven't done that in a while, but it never really made, I haven't, I never really broke down on, I never broke down on the football field or at a game or anything. It never really made me sad. I just kind of, I just kind of take it for what it is. Right. So have you asked yourself, what is life supposed to be for you? Have you asked yourself, why did this happen? Do you feel like you needed an explanation for that? Or have you just accepted it? And it sounds like you've accepted it and you've moved on. Yeah, not really. I feel like, um, you know, um, it happened for a reason. Um, I touched so many lives just because of my story and how I navigate through life. So that's my what I'm here for, to motivate people. So anything people see me doing, they always come up to me, oh, it's amazing, you know, you did this. Or people still come up to me for stuff I did, you know, playing football or you know or the you know the guitar thing was amazing or you know it was a, you know I love to see you know that you're out still doing stuff and you didn't get sad so anytime someone sees me really out in the real world they come up to me you know I had people come up to crying crying to me in the grocery store because I was grocery shopping by myself and stuff like that and they were complaining you know because they were it was hard for them to do something and they saw me carrying groceries or something by myself so yeah a lot of different things I do have effects on people so that's why you know I just that's what I feel like I'm here for you know to be a motivation to people that's why I try to on social media I try to show them you know me working on different things like that they love to see different things like that so just me staying in the light of the community and just showing them that you know you don't have to let a situation or a, you know um, a time in your life or a rough patch in life you know to define who you are you don't have to get stuck there mm-hmm. you don't have to be sad and mopey you don't have to be depressed you don't have to you know I feel like that's my gift to the world basically and I would agree with you mm-hmm. that's very powerful mm-hmm. so that's what I take it for okay so what's next um, now I do real estate, so I'm a, um, a de- um, developer based down here in South Florida. Um, we develop luxury properties, so that's what we do now, buy and flip homes down here. I have a non-for-profit, Kendrick Norton's Angels Initiative. We haven't done anything in that uh, with that for a couple months, um, but the last thing we did was uh, went to the hospital and gave out different gift bags and things to kids. Um, in the different units there, but that was during COVID, so we sent them up and had them, you know, bless the kids, and we got some different feedback from that that we enjoyed, and we gave out turkeys, and we do a lot of different things in the community um, as well, so that's basically what I'm doing now. Okay. Well, I have a couple more questions. Um, I wanted to know what's your favorite hobby? Um, Traveling and fishing. Um, My newfound hobby is traveling. Fishing is one of my long-time loves. It's something I've always done since I was a child. I would pull over on the side of the road. If I see, you know, water that looks good or something, I would pull over and fish. Or, so I, I'm always fishing, so I love fishing and traveling. Okay. 
Why do you like fishing so much? Uh, it's very peaceful. It's quiet. It's something, you know, I can go out there and do it myself or take my dog and something. I just go out there and it's, it's very peaceful. I could just watch the still water, listen to the, you know, animals or, you know, whatever. It's just very peaceful. You get to be at yourself and, you know, it, with to yourself and, you know, in your own mind and, you know, just whatever. Just get to be out there. So. Yeah, it's a great mindful yeah. exercise, a mindful activity. And I've seen your dog, too, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You have pit bulls, right? Yes. Okay. I have two XL bullets. Oh, okay. Um, one is one was Tyson. Did one of your dogs just pass away? Yes, one of my dogs passed away last year around this time, right last year around August. I believe he ate something and poisoned him or something like that. That oh. was tough. Dang it. Yeah, that's dog. the one I saw a lot. Yeah, that's Tyson. the one you probably saw the most on Instagram. Oh, man. Okay. But you have two dogs now or just yes, one? Yes, I have two now. Okay. Um, I have Bam and I have Lola. Bam and Lola. Yes. I gotta I have to go on there. I have I don't recall seeing pictures of them recently. Are you yeah. posting regularly? Um, I haven't really been posting them on my page. I've been po I post them on their store. They have uh, Lola has her own Instagram, so oh. you can you can follow Lola <laughs> at Lola Bear <laughs> on Instagram. So L O L A? Yes. Lola Bear. Mm -hmm. How many followers does she have so far? Um that's a good question. I have to go check her page. I haven't been on there. Lola Bear. Yeah. Okay, we got to follow her. So, who was your biggest inspiration to always work hard? Um, uh, that's, that's You can name um, more than one. Really, most adults in my family, like I would say most immediate adults in my family, so my mom, my stepfather, my, my grandparents, um, Really, a lot of I saw a lot of adults work um, work very hard in my life. I saw my, you know, my stepdad ran run like two or three companies. Some days he got like two, three hours of sleep, you know, from uh, working and stuff all day, and he had me with him, you know, working with him all day. And then I have to go to school or go work out or do whatever. So I always, from a young age, been taught, you know, to work hard and you know provide for your family, and I always taught, you know, the the basics and stuff. So I would say. Yeah, really, I would say my mom and dad to, and my grandparents, were really, my grandparents worked like 40 years for, um, my grandmother worked on the school board, for the school board, well, she was a cafeteria lady, mm -hmm. she worked 40 years, you know, best employee or whatever for the whole time she was there, my grandparents worked for the city, my grandfather worked for the city for like 30 or 40 years, you know, employee of the year, so it's, you know, that's, that's just where I come from. Okay. And it shows. Yeah. And it shows. So thank you for joining me on the couch. Thank you for taking the couch. I'm going to give you the last word. If you could um, advise folks who are going through a difficult time, uh, a big loss, mm -hmm. um, and not just a bodily loss, but a loss in their life, changing their career. We just come out of COVID and, and people experience a lot of losses. What would you tell them? How would you counsel them? First of all, I would advise everyone else to go see someone and go talk to people. Most people cannot just, you know, move past things and not, you know, vocalize it to someone or, you know, get help from someone. I know people personally that was involved with me in the accident that needed to, you know, be, you know, um, talk to people and, you know, they need to go that route. They had, you know, post-traumatic um, things happen from the accident. So everyone can't do that. So don't think, um, don't be embarrassed to reach out to people if you need help with things. Don't feel like you're crazy. Don't feel like, you know, um, don't feel less of yourself. You know, if you feel like, you know, you're going through something, you uh, you probably should talk to someone. 
uh, it helps a lot. I know it will definitely help you. So that, and also you don't have to get stuck where you are. You can persevere through anything. Um, you can choose your own path. I know as crazy as that sounds, you can, you know, you can find a different way. You know, you can, you can really just get inside yourself. And if you want to do something, no one can stop you from doing it. So that's my final words. Oh, that's some brain love, man. <laughs> I love those last final words. Let's say brain love together. Brain love. <laughs> you gonna count down or something? No. Okay. All right. Brain love on three. One, two, three. Brain, brain love. love. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes. Learn from them and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love.